Mmm, that's good. All right, guys, welcome to a new episode of Morning Marketing. And it's going to actually be a new day. I'm going to, you know, look at and see if Mondays actually do a little bit, a little bit better for uh, this podcast because it's morning marketing. And, you, I mean, Mondays, you're going into a marketing job. Usually, not all the time, but usually you are, or you're just getting up to do it, you know, not at an office, but at your home. But anyways, I'm your host, Brett Dicer, so let's get on with uh, marketing news and then I'll talk about kind of my feelings about things that I've learned throughout even my new full-time job as well uh, but let's get on with it so Twitter has updated basically it did it a few weeks ago or last week I should say and they updated with kind of a brand new ish design it wasn't too different from what it originally was it kind of was a little bit spaced out a little bit more um, the reply turned into a speech bubble instead of a left arrow or left turning arrow type of a thing on um, the retweet was tweaked a little bit so it's more it's longer than wider uh and that's really about it i mean there's some other things that have been going on but that was really the main thing about it uh the biggest thing is uh twitter is actually going to be switching for ios to apple safari view controller which will have an ad free reader mode as well so let's see how well the ad revenue drops for them, too, because I mean, that's all important to most of these social networks. Uh, I think the update or the small redesign is not that bad. I think that an editing button is far more <laughs> worthwhile than this. But I guess priorities are priorities for them. This is what they want to do, because uh, having a intuitive design does help uh, gain new followers, does help the new followers understand what to, what to do on Twitter. Uh, this is just kind of more of a how to make it better for your customers 101, and they're trying to do their best to do it. Will it work? Eh, it probably could. Will it not? I mean, we don't really know, so we'll have to figure that out. We'll have to see uh, through their next uh, stock earnings report if this actually helped them in the long run or if it really didn't and there was no reason to do this whatsoever uh do i think this is a good thing i think this is actually not a bad thing i think i think these types of companies need to have redesigns every once in a while they don't have to be massively big redesigns but slight tweaks every once in a while is never a bad thing as long as it doesn't break up what the original intent was that's uh that's that's usually good uh i mean the biggest shakeup was more of twitter changing from stars to hearts but uh, couldn't stop that one, could we? And it just kept on rolling. And then you were just like, well, you we just have to, you know, deal with it. All right. Now for YouTube, uh, first of all, VidCon is what actually happened last week or last weekend. Uh, There's some controversies in there. I guess some prominent feminists called out uh, some non or anti-feminists i think is a proper term and uh called him human garbage which was the irony here was he was at a harassment panel and so you harass the person attending your your seminar to say that he's human garbage now this could actually be kind of bad for vidcon in general uh do i think vidcon should well say look at you have to abide by our rules. You cannot make fun of the attendees or whoever is being on the panel, but you can't do either or and you cannot get away with it. 
I think there does need to be repercussions for that because that should not happen at all. I'm sorry, but that shouldn't happen. If someone is attending your uh, your seminar and it's open to anybody, you have to deal with that. That's not your decision to call out somebody just because you don't agree with them. Moving on, um, there's some other interesting things going on. First of all, YouTube has topped to 1.5 billion logged in viewers. So if you are wondering if you should be on YouTube, I think this is a pretty big indication that you should be on YouTube. I know, I know. It's For marketers, it's difficult to do all of these, especially video content, because video content usually takes up the longest because you have to figure out what you're going to do, how you're going to shoot it, if it's going to be informational, if it's going to be entertainment, it's going to be funny or not. You have to figure out all that fun stuff. And that's that's not easy. Uh, but it is important to know that you sh should be on this. You should figure out a strategy moving forward and you and you know keep on improving it as you go along the way because it's not going to be perfect once you start doing it. There are, but they are also adding uh, responsive video and 180 degree video formats as well. So there should be other tweaks. The, the other biggest thing is there's going to be like a chat like feature to it where uh, you can, with one share, you can share it with a group of your friends right on YouTube. I think uh, Google moving forward and making YouTube more of their social network is the best way forward. Uh, I think their other tries have finally showed that they cannot just build up one and hope that it takes off or try to shoehorn people into using their Gmail to be part of Google Plus to you have to uh, you have to have Google Plus with your YouTube. That just that rubbed people the wrong way. It wasn't the best idea. I think moving forward and doing this and making this their de facto social network is the best strategy. I think they need to just Go that way and not stop whatsoever. Just don't stop. Just keep on going that way. Uh, I, think this is a good, I think this is a good strategy for them. I don't mind Google+. Plus. I think Google+, Plus is still a great platform. I just think they really don't care about it anymore, to be honest with you. They kind of are done with it. They tried it for a few years. They're like, it just isn't working for us, even though we do support it for now because Google is notorious for shutting things down don't uh well don't be surprised when that comes up because it's going to come up i'm pretty sure eventually but also an interesting new thing with uh there's an interesting new study i should say with uh search so with this new study it's, it's kind of shown with the serps uh and also uh snippets or yeah snippets uh clicks with snippets have actually fallen 18 percent with ones without so it's interesting. Now, one's uh, clicks percentages with or without ads. Uh, I climbed with ads. That's another interesting thing to look at. Uh, also, uh, click clicks with or without site links. With got better percentage rate than that. Uh, and also, clicks with or without image packs. With image packs, didn't get as much than without. So, SERP can, can hurt you and hinder you all in the same time. Some things work really well with it. Some things don't work really well with it. And that's something that you have to figure out which ones to do. So feature snippets don't really work with uh, SERPs. And it gets 18%, 18.5% less clicks 
and without on non-organic features. So I know this is kind of like going against mo the more uh, wisdom on SEO that sni uh, snippets do help you help with it. But if you're a SERP and you have that, it might not be the best for you to actually do snippets. Uh, like I said, it really depends on kind of what you're looking at for uh, Google Analytics or anything else that you're actually going forward with. But it is a little bit interesting um, to see that even though SERP does have its, it's great and it's not great in some ways or another, but it does have that hindrance um, in general. It, do, it does. It, it really does. Um, so pick your battles. Make sure you're doing the best you can uh, with the SERP features and make sure that you are using it to, the, to maximize uh, click click percentages because that's that's usually all that matters. So um, average, uh, there's also an interesting one, average uh, percentage of clicks by keyword types. Navigational is 77.34%, uh, transactional is 71.6%, and informational is 54.41%. So informational is the least, but navigational is the best. And transactional is, you know, somewhere in between. But like I said before, figure out which one works best for you and make sure that uh, that you're using it to the best of your ability. Um, now, here's some practical takeaways from the study. Knowledge graph features such as feature snippets, related questions, and knowledge panels do significantly re reduce clicks on traditional organic reaches. Like I said before, feature snippets don't really work out very well. Uh, so pick and choose if you want to do that. You can try it out, do kind of A-B testing, see which, if this is actually a credible study or if this study actually takes into account different types of industries. They did do over, I think, about 5,000 um, different um, sites. So it's not like they weren't. It's, this is not a low number. So I usually don't try to do studies or uh, make fun of studies if it's such a low number that it's hard to see if this is actually a conclusive good study. Now, site links lead to an increase in number of clicks to organic results. Uh, ad features also increase the overall number of clicks, but PBC traffic is not part of organic traffic. Besides, advertisers will use the most clickable keywords in their PBC campaign, which is also true at all because that's what you're trying to do. Um, also, you can create kind of a search, uh, search intent funnel. So lower conversions is informational, moderate conversions is research, transactional is a higher conversion, navigational like uh if a graphic maker or so that would be that that would be the navigational is the very high conversion rate so i would lend towards doing more of transactional to navigational maybe research but types of infographics is a fine download infographic template is better and uh viz.me infographic maker is the best com uh, conversion rate so this matters because this is you telling the, the people who are searching which one uh, will they click on. And usually it's going to be the navigational one or the higher percentage rate of it's going to be navigational. Now, it all depends. I would work. I would try to figure out which one works the best and kind of, like I said, split A-B test it, do a lot of different ways of advertising it as well and seeing which one works the best and then cut it. Eventually cut down to what you're going to get the best. Uh, but that's kind of interesting stuff um, in general with that. I found this kind of uh, illuminating as well, so I'll put this in the show notes so you can actually read it a, more, a little bit more in depth. Now, 
uh, Google Business. So Google Business has been around for a little while, but the most interesting thing that small businesses need to understand for my business users, the Google Post is finally available to all of us. Now, this actually was rolled out for the last president election. It was mostly for political candidates to kind of update through the search as well. Uh, then they kind of branched out a little bit more for celebrities and everybody else, and they finally have rolled it out to basically just about everybody. So now you can do posts, and now you can do specific things that you think might help entice people to do it. Now, the, you can upload an image with a, with a written text up to 300 words. Or you can add event title, which starts at end times. Uh, you can also do uh, call to action buttons. You can do learn more, uh, reserve, sign up, buy, or get offer. So for anybody selling or actually doing a lot of different events, this is something uh, worthwhile for you. You can kind of see a preview mode before you actually do it as well. It's going to allow you to uh, do learn more. It will obviously give you... Um, a way for you to put your website in there as well. It will do start end time dates if you have an event. If you don't, don't worry about that as well. Um, so this will allow you to share uh, specials or current promotions to encourage new and old customers to take advantage of your offer. So if you want to do it that way through Google search, then it's not a bad idea. It also allows you to promote, promote events around uh, what you're going to be doing through local advertisements or local people as well. Uh, so... If you're not on my business, I think you should, you know, do that eventually. Figure out a way to actually um, get around to that because this is actually really, really important to do. I would not, uh, I would not just ignore this altogether because if you ignore this, you're gonna be missing out on stuff because you can post stuff. So if you have, let's say, for example, you have a new product launch coming up, you can do buy now. When it actually finally launches, you can do something like that, like now available to order. You can do maybe some sales on that as well. But be sure that you are on this. It's not that difficult to actually do, but I would actually, I'd actually figure out to do that because that is going to be interesting, especially with timely post updates on the search. It will help. It will help with um, with your company, and you'll actually look like the hero, the marketing hero. Woo! Can't forget those. Anyways, moving on to um, still the web and still Google has some sort of some advice for mobile first index rollout. So they want you to switch from the m dot domain to responsive uh, because well mainly because they probably will downvote or downgrade your site if you actually don't do that um, because the m dash dot domain doesn't really they kind of anecdotally like categorize it but it's not really fully fleshed out so be sure that you are on a mobile first index or your mobile or responsive uh rollout because if you don't this could hurt you in the long run i know seo can be a pain sometimes it's really difficult there's so many things going on you have that especially if you are if you are the only marketer in a job you don't even have an e-commerce person so you have marketer e-commerce person and pr person it this could be a lot of stuff for you. I get it. I completely understand. It sucks sometimes. It's awesome sometimes. It's a wide range of different feelings because you could be the hero and you could be the total villain because you didn't know something about something or you totally messed up because you didn't have enough time to effectively roll it out. But I would look into this, especially for your site. This is extremely important. Find some freelancer to help you out with this. 
Make sure your site is responsive before the mobile first index rollout. Be sure your content uh, your content is mobile first ready just as much as it is for desktop because the Google is really pushing this pretty hard right now. You cannot ignore it. Um, now you do have still have some time, so it's sometime in 2018. But as I know of anything rolling out anything for web or anything like that, it's going to take a while to roll it out. So be prepared and try to get ahead of this now rather than later, because later will probably be too late. But be on the lookout for this. Please roll out. Please make sure that your uh, your mobile uh, content is just as good as your desktop content, because if it isn't, it's going to be bad. You might get ranked down. Your boss will be like, why are we not on the first page or whatever? You'd be like, I tried. And that won't be a very good answer. It just won't. It just won't, people. It just will not be a great answer. I know it's something you really want to do, but it's not going to be a great answer. Moving on to Sprout Social. Now, there's a lot of different social media uh, uh, planners, schedulers, monitors. I was trying to find the words for it, and I think I got, I got a good mix of those. Uh, but there's a lot of different ones out there. So Sprout Social is actually having an exclusive partnership with Twitter to actually help with uh, responding to people on Twitter. So it's going to have a bot that allows you to respond a lot quicker than before because I understand social media is 24 24-7 job. However, you're a human and you're only one human, and so you can't do that 24-7. You would love to in some ways, in some ways, you definitely would not love to because you are human and you need a break and you also need to have uh, a life outside of the digital. I love social media, but I also love seeing people and enjoying life outside of social media. Social media is not life, but it can be a part of life as long as you have proper boundaries. But this will actually help uh, kind of monitor that. Now, they always say don't actually use this as the de facto tool. Always be a human person responsive, but it can help um, limit or uh, take down the number of time it takes you to respond to somebody. I know sometimes I can't get to somebody until maybe a day later, a week later, because sometimes I forget. Sometimes there's a lot of different other smaller groups that want to be sponsored by your company and you just don't have the time to look at everything that they're actually doing. It can be it can be terrible and businesses love they're getting that attention, but I mean we're a business as well, so we can't do everybody all at once. It's just a fact of life. You can't do everything. I would love to do everything, but then I would not be able to sleep, and that would make me crazy. And we don't want we don't want people to be crazy. People to be well, crazy in their own way, but not crazy like you're losing your mind crazy because that's not actually fun. Crazy and like you have a personality that's kind of fun and a little different. That's that's fine. But uh, this is something that this is something that is very useful. Now they do have a study on this. In, this is Sprout Social uh, that it did help with Evernote and it did help to bring down uh, the number of well the longer uh, response rate. It helped bring down that one. So that's a good thing as well. It's it's called a chatbot builder, so you can build it on your own you could probably ask sprout social if you can build it for a fee as always if you don't use sprout social i wouldn't know if it would actually be a good idea using something like hootsuite or buffer this may not be the best idea but sprout social is a pretty big monitor for social media uh so it depends it always depends on what you actually want but 
up to you. Now moving on to Instagram. So Instagram is adding more transparency tools for to influencer marketing. This is actually in response to the uh, Fire Festival, which failed miserably. Let's just say very miserably. It failed completely. It was not a good idea. Uh, the things that they advertised was actually not true. Uh, so what Instagram, even though it wasn't Instagram's fault, and I will completely agree with that, that, that was not Instagram's fault. They had nothing to do with, well, it not being what true to what it was. Instagram is only a platform or a tool to, for businesses to advertise, uh, hopefully, truthfully, what they are. If they don't do that, that is on the businesses and nothing more. However, uh this just helps so people can understand and new partnership tools will help businesses and influencers as well. Uh, this will just help all in general customers, influencers, and marketers well to be the best that they all can be and for uh, customers to actually understand what is a sponsored post and what is not because it does help every once in a while to figure out if it is or isn't. I you know sometimes it looks great. They all look very visually stunning. And sometimes they are actually aren't really what they say they are. So this does help. I know marketers have to be on their toes to actually, well, market what is actually true. I know it's easy in marketing to kind of fib a little bit and not actually tell the truth because sometimes your product, you think your product's great, but there's some missing things. And so you're like, eh, hey, we'll just say this anyways, even though it's not really true. I'm trying to do my best to make sure that my boss is happy with what I'm doing. So sometimes I'm going to like, you know, fib a little bit it's in the long run it's not the best way of doing it i would say stick to the pros of what your product actually has and do not deviate from that whatsoever uh if there are things that come up from your customers uh feedback then that's also a great thing as well but stick to what is good don't be like the fry the fire excuse me the fire festival because there are a lot of lawsuits flying around with that organization and influencers because of what actually happened and well even though i'm not here or there about uh what actually if that's actually a good idea i do understand i do understand the anger from the people that spent a whole bunch of money to get basically nothing they got less than nothing and they couldn't leave it was just a big mess it was a terrible terrible mess all right moving on to amazon so, as everybody knows, uh, Amazon, well, is reportedly going to buy Whole Foods for quite a bit of money. Uh, everybody's rejoicing about it, how great it is for customers and everything. It could be, it could not be. We don't really know about this. Uh, I know Amazon, I use Amazon, so I'm not going to say that Amazon is this terrible, awful company. But I do have my concerns about them buying Whole Foods in general and how it's going to hurt other competition as well. People don't understand that competition does help with keeping prices at a good, uh, a good margin, a good way, keeping it all level, and seeing competition does help the industry grow as a whole. Uh, so you're gonna have, you're gonna have Whole Foods maybe bought out. You also have Sprouts. It's kind of the competitor as well. You have Target. It's probably gonna be a little bit of a competitor. You have Walmart. It's a little bit of a competitor, but they're not really. It seems like they're not really going to be hurt by it. I'm just happy that nothing's going to happen to this as well. Will there be job losses? Usually in every acquisition, there's always job losses because redundancies in positions. So there's always a good side effect to acquisitions. And there's a bad side effect to acquisitions. 
And you're not going to have it. You're not going to keep everybody happy. You're not going to need everybody because redundancies in positions lead to people not working. And what that does is that people get bored and they don't really do much. And we don't want that to happen. Do nothing positions are not good. Just ask the government. They have a lot of those. Uh, but moving on to an interesting thing, the Amazon brand registry 2.0. So a lot of businesses have problems with basically protecting their brand on Amazon. Amazon doesn't do a great job about it. Um, the 1.0 allowed you to actually have like register your brand on Amazon, but it didn't allow you to, uh, well, it didn't allow you to control who was buying and selling, which is a major problem in a lot of things. Because if you cannot figure out who you want to partner with and you, you can't control that in any sense of the uh, shape of the imagination, it can be a terrible thing because because uh, you want to do that. You want to make sure there's just no counterfeit stuff. You want to make sure that this is all great, that you're, it's not hurting your brand, it's not hurting your buying power, it's not diminishing your brand or your price as well. There's a lot of things go into it that uh, Amazon if, is, is starting to understand that they need to do a better way of protecting brands' integrity in general. Now, 1.0 is a great start, but 2.0 is a little bit better. You still don't get to, well, you still don't get to control who's going to be buying and selling it, but at least you can protect the brand as a whole. Um, you can also report a link to the fraudulent or uh, fake sellers. And I know the, the place that I work with, there are some, it does happen quite a bit, especially since they open up to more of the Chinese market. The Chinese market does love to counterfeit for some odd reason. I'm not trying to be racist. It's just the fact of just counterfeit stuff does is can be rampant. And it's kind of terrible at times, especially if you're trying to find who is actually doing it. can be a headache with this as well. So you can report a violation if you want to. Amazon is saying don't abuse this, which a lot of them will try to do. Also, for Brand Registry 2.0, you have to make sure that your trademark does appear in the USPTO.gov site. Uh, if it doesn't, they will say no to you. So make sure your, your trademark is all the way through. I worked in another place that didn't understand the whole, you know, patents and trademarks need to be in that website or it's not really a patent or trademark. Even though they assured me it was, I was never really convinced because guess what, dumb company or dumb marketing director, not naming names, but I'll still name his bad behavior. If it's not on the site, it's not a trademark. I'm sorry. It has to be on the site. You cannot say it's on the. You cannot say it's a trademark when it's not even on the site. It may be pending and it's fine, but I'm not going to put stuff on there that's actually not a trademark because that's that will hurt your company. Yeah, there are smart people who are trying to help you out sometimes. Listen to them every once in a while. But you can't actually do it, which I actually do think is actually a great idea. Um, I do think that there are still things that need to be. Uh, progress to actually help them out. I would love a way for them to, um, to actually have a way for the these brands to actually have official sponsors or official sellers so they can monitor and maintain that a little bit more. They can deny, uh, approve or deny which ones they want to sell, which ones they want to partner with because, I mean, that's that's a great way of doing it. The other thing is that it adds a little bit extra tidbits of pictures and brand stories as well so you can actually add a little bit more a story to what your product is and what your business is all about, which is another great thing. I do like that part about it. There's just some things I wish um, 
I wish they still did. I still wish they would have more of a program that allowed businesses, like I said before, to accept or deny different types of sellers. So for the marketer and the e-commerce person, or they sometimes are one and the same, it just helps like track who is doing it, who's not doing it. Because when you're tracking that, it does help quite a bit. If you can't figure out and you always have to look for this stuff, it's not going to help out very well. Also, luckily with these new tools, it will be able to, it will be a lot easier for you to figure out where, where some of your products may be selling as well. Hopefully you can find more counterfeits these ways and hopefully you can stop them as well. I mean, it's not fun with this, but this, like I said, it's what you have to deal with. Also, um, speaking of Amazon, they have reviews, but also don't actually, don't actually forget about uh, niche review places. So there's a lot of different ones for different types of industries, anything from patient ratings to health to home improvement to lawyers, everything in between. There's a lot of different ones. So it's never a bad idea to look into these things and make sure you're on these or monitoring it as well. So for example, if there's a bad review, you can actually contact them quickly. Don't wait two months or three months because once there is a time limit on how long you can actually comment on a reviewer. If you take three month, three uh, like three to a year, uh, three months to a year, it's too late. You've already missed the boat. They don't care anymore because you waited too long. So I would say if you're in one of these industries, be sure you are monitoring that. Find a way to monitor it. Find a way to keep it a habit and make sure you are always monitoring it because you're not monitoring these niche review sites and you're seeing that you are being trounced or talked badly about by your brand because right or not the customer felt like they were abused taken advantage of or just not given the best service or product this could actually hurt you in the long run so i would be on these making sure that you put an official business site on that making sure you put somebody or your marketer is doing it daily um, to monitor it, I would do that. Be sure you're on these sites, especially if you're in these industries, because if you're not, you're basically saying, please, please, customers don't give us bad reviews. But eh, if you do, we don't care. And that's not a very good thing either. It really isn't. All right. Also, another thing in the web, Google is starting to compress uh, display ads so pages load faster. The whole main push, especially in SEO and the web, is for sites to load faster. That means go Google's even own search. So they're kind of doing a little bit of a compression tool that does about data settings about 15% to G zip compressions and about about 40 data settings are over 40% in some cases. So they're they are compressing a whole bunch of gigabytes which is a lot of information through Google's uh, Broliti compression. I might be saying that wrong. Apologize. I'm not the best in pronouncing names sometimes. But the same thing is going to be used in Chrome, Edge, and Firefox browsers. Uh, Safari is eventually going to be adopting it, I'm pretty sure. This is Google's own thing. Uh, it's great to see that they're trying to make it load faster. Should be interesting to see if it actually works out as intended to, because uh, all I know about tech is that Microsoft has said great things about the uh, DirectX 12 when it was going to be released, and when it actually was released, didn't really go up to its claims. So we shall see. But this is going to be a great thing. 
Well, I, I guess for people all around, it's not going to hurt marketers too much. There's not going to be a big change on it because this is more of a compression tool than change in your pictures, whatnot. Now, there could be a different change in pictures in the file size of it, or it could not be as well. We'll find out in the future when this is fully kind of implemented in general. All right, also in social media news, so Periscope has added super hearts. So the super hearts are kind of like uh, Twitch has done something like this. YouTube has done something like this with Super Chats. Uh, Twitch has done Charms. YouTube does Super Chats. Now Periscope is doing Super Hearts. It's basically the same thing. We can buy it. It'll be specific types of hearts. Uh, so they'll have different types of animations. It's just that kind of thing. You can sign up for it if you want to, if you kind of want to try to figure out to monetize your Periscope. Or if you don't want to, you just want to do the goodness out of your own heart, which I'm never against. Goodness out of your own heart sometimes great. That's what I do. I mean, I would love for you guys to buy a shirt or coffee mug, shameless plug, but I don't expect you to. I expect you to listen and to enjoy it. That's now my new kind of strategy for this is to grow with this and make sure you are enjoying it in general. If monetary gain comes with this, that's great. If it's not, hey, I get to learn more things about, well, I, I force myself to learn more things about marketing or always doing it in general. Plus, you get to learn a few things as well, but it's not a bad way of doing it. It's a great way for people to figure out. Now, there is a criteria for this. You have to get up to $175 worth of stars or around 185,000 stars of these special stars to apply for Periscope's Super Broadcaster Program, which uh, will allow them to you to cash out your star balance, which is kind of annoying. I don't like that part about it because then you have to, like, you have to wait to get it instead of actually just getting it. Like, Oh, you have to get this many. And you're like, well, I already have these. Why can't I cash them out now? So like I said, you can do it. You can't do it. That really depends on what you want to do with it. But this should be an interesting thing coming up in the horizon because uh, you have this. You have Facebook Live. You have Mixer that used to be Beam. You have Twitch. You also have Smashcast, which used to be Hitbox and another company. All these live streaming services are going to be interesting with their little all their little fights going on all those competitions going on with them i love it it's great especially you have youtube live as well and there's super chats um these are all great in general so we should see where this is all going to go in the, in the future all right moving on to pinterest now, i love pinterest i think it's a great little site i don't think it's a great site for every brand right now i think some of them especially if you're in the tech industry it's not that great uh in general, I haven't really seen too much engagement with that. There's other industries are really great. Fashion, quotes, infographics all do really well on that, especially with fitness and DIY projects and everything else. Well, Pinterest also launched a new lens a little while back, uh, way back in February, actually. And now they're going to be launching uh, the new version of it, which looks like more of a camera, looks similar to, uh, let's say, uh, Instagram stories or Snapchat uh, stories as well. Um, what this allows, there's a flash, there's a camera flip, uh, camera roll, lens to try out. But this will, but if you don't know what lens for Pinterest lens actually does, when you take a picture of something, it will automatically recognize and give you recommendations or where to buy it as well. Now, Pinterest has been growing steadily, and I know it's not always talked about because people don't like to talk about it for some odd reason, but it's still a very viable place to go, especially for e-commerce too. They've been growing quite steadily throughout and they become a really great place for visual search. Now, Google's been trying to do that. They've been doing a very good, as good of a job as Pinterest has done. I think Pinterest has a nice little niche going on with it. I think 
uh, what they're doing is great. It's a great platform if you know and if you're in that niche of a platform and you know how to use it really well. It can be a really great source of medium tool, especially for buying too, since they have that buy button as well. So if you are a, if you are a brand that's kind of on the fence about it, I would seriously look into it, try to put some advertising revenue into it as well and see where you go with it. If you're in the tech industry, I would look into it, but don't put all your resources into it. There's other better social networks out there, especially uh, player.me. Uh, if you don't know about it, check it out. It's a really great site for gamers. Um, they didn't pay me to say that as all. This is all my genuine opinion about it. Uh, but yeah, so there is that as well. Now, I think the lens is a great idea. I think it will help, especially with the visual search, because visual shirts, sh shirts, <laughs> search, ah, uh, is kind of a little bit of the way of the future. And just taking a picture, kind of like a way of Shazam does for music, and taking a picture and kind of identifying it and finding other alternatives is also another great way of staying on Pinterest and buying through Pinterest as well. So, like I said, if you're not on it, try to figure out a way to be on it, especially if you're one of the industries that works well with. Uh, interest yeah mm -hmm. all right so this is new there's one so twitter has a lot of other alternative apps out there and one that i find interesting is called phoenix 2 now it's in its preview mode in uh android and they thought of, of doing an undo undo send feature now if you don't know twitter has an awful thing of not having an edit button it's it blows my mind that they still don't have one after everybody else kind of has an edit button. They're still the ones that doesn't have an edit button. It it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't understand why they haven't rolled out with it. I don't understand why they're dragging their feet on it. It just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. So Phoenix 2 is like, or the, the, the developers of it is like, fine, if you don't want to do it, if you don't want to think it's a great thing, we're going to solve a pain point, a problem in Twitter, and that is, we're gonna have an undo send button, kind of like the feature of Gmail. This is great for marketers, influencers, and everybody in the Twitter uh, ecosystem because there are a lot of tweets where you're like, I I swear I made it look, sound, good, and I tweeted it and there was a mistake and now I can't fix it unless I wanna delete it and re-upload it, which you can do, it's fine, but where's the edit button? I think this is a great thing of them saying, hey, look, Twitter, if you're not listening to your own audience, it says, we want an edit button, then we'll do it for you since you can't figure out to actually do it or say something about it, but you'll redesign it a little bit because that's, I guess, more important, but no edit button still. It baffles my mind. I don't understand why it's still not there. It could help quite a bit, but I guess the alternative is that Twitter's so quick that sometimes your tweets just get filtered down and you no one will actually ever see it unless something bad happens. But once again, I like where it's going with this. If you want to check it out, it's called Phoenix 2. It'll be And that edit button of bad tweets will be a godsend because it will give you kind of a little, a little bit of time. and be like, should you edit this or should I not edit? Oh, I need to edit this. And you can actually do that. Great idea. Kudos to them. Now we're on to Snap. Snap Inc. or Snapchat. So they rolled out a new feature called Snap Maps. It allows you to see where basically a heat map of where all the snaps are coming from. So right now VidCon is, uh, or I should say, excuse me, prior to the weekend when I kind of checked it out, VidCon was a pretty big one. 
and you can see all throughout the world where kind of the heat maps where all the snaps are coming from now people do are questioning the whole well you know the stalking and everything like else there is a way for you to do a ghost mode where you don't where you aren't broadcasting your signal to everybody so be sure to do that if you are fearful of that as well if you're not then don't don't really care about that but i think it's actually a better feature it actually gives people a like where what's going on on snapchat it also kind of shows a better a global community in general i think this will help snapchat in the long run uh, i do think people are giving snapchat a hard time because of what facebook has done to it i still think snapchat is a very viable place for brands that they can figure out a way of doing it and the interesting new uh, deals with tv media and uh, its own custom ad platform of doing geo filters and ads on there as well is going to help for the small businesses and it's going to be kind of a better comprehensive way. Hopefully, it'll find its new direction on fighting Facebook and being the number and you know helping it, the competition be fierce at it. So we can have different types of mediums and not everybody's going to be pigeonholed to only Facebook. I know Facebook is what it's trying to do, but as a marketer, I want to have different types of communities that's not all encompassing on Facebook so they dictate the ad revenue or how much each ad is because it is getting more expensive on Facebook because they can for now uh, which then is going to be leading me into kind of like my thoughts this will be the end type of the show where my thoughts are going with this so I, I if you guys didn't know I went to E3 last week and it was a great time uh, it was great it was a great learning experience of like how more gaming conferences uh, happen i've done other ones as well but this one is just another different thing um and then the, I, I called the aftermath of e3 where i had all these bunch of uh emails to get back and phone calls now i'm not saying that any one of these were terrible or awful uh because they, they were actually weren't i enjoyed all of them it just were long uh especially if you have eight seven to eight meetings a day or at least for two days seven to eight meetings or 20 in about a week it can be quite a bit uh, my thing is about like staying focus without going crazy after these especially if you are the only marketer in a company it can be difficult to kind of keep track of everything it can be difficult to not mess up one thing because it will happen evidently you're only human so i would give you i would tell you to give you that kind of um grace of if you don't mess up that much you're doing okay type of a thing you're not gonna be perfect i messed up a little bit too not too badly but i want to give marketers like from my experience of doing this, don't try to cram in meetings. I try to do it just because I wanted to get a lot of them done. But if you can't, if you can't keep control of it or you can't um, keep the energy level up, I would say not doing that is not the best idea. Also, pick and choose what you really want to do. Be open to what they have to say, um, and try to uh, try to actually get what you want to do as well across as well. Most people are open to what businesses have to say, especially if they've been in the business world. They understand. That this isn't just a one-sided thing of I want to get your product type of a thing. Um, my other thing is to do an Excel spreadsheet. Make sure you keep it up to date. That's what I'm going to be doing next week as well. And dividing up between media influencers and and or uh, uh, logistics uh, PR firms that type of PR agencies that type of thing because you're going to need to know the differences between all of them. I would also try to color coordinate them to understand where you're at. So make sure you're color coordinating into where you're at in the process. Now it's up to you on what you want to do with that. I'll probably do different color coordinations for that as well. 
Um, also use other things if you need to to keep track of it. Use uh, Trello if you need to. Use Asana if you need to. One of those is also a good thing as well. Um, and also if you need help, ask one of your teammates. It's always a good thing to ask one of your teammates, even if they're not in the marketing, and say, hey, would you like to get on this call? So we don't have to talk the whole time because especially in this podcast, I'm talking the whole time. I'm fine with talking the whole time. It's great. It's fun. Unless you're in a really loud room and you're going to be losing your voice. It's also fun. Um, that's kind of my advice of like, as always, stay hungry, uh, stay grounded, and make sure you're displaying the best of your company as well as trying to get some great partnerships with there as well. If you have to say no, you're going to have to say no. You can't say yes to everybody. It sucks. I mean, I would love to say yes to every single one of these people, but if you're a smaller type of company, you can't. And you have to realistically look at your budget and be like, okay, what can we do? What can we not do? Or we negotiate, be like, hey, we just really want to get our product to you, but we can't actually do too much on the monetary side. What is there a way for us to work out on this as well? That's a better way of doing it. Um, so find out new ways of doing it. Hey, be realistic about it. Be genuine about it as much as you can. You don't have to give out everything about your business, but you say, look at this is what realistically what we have. Is there a way for us to work with it? If not, hey, can we revisit this maybe later on down the road uh, when we actually get a better financial thing, or if actually we get some, or if some funds, um, if some funds have kind of lifted up or have gotten more funds, then maybe we can revisit this next year type of thing. That's fine. Most people should understand it. You're always going to have those one or two people that aren't going to understand it, but always, I would say, do my do your best to be as authentic but also keeping the interests of your business in order. That means not giving out secrets away. You don't have to give out everything away. You, 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 you can say, well, there's this. This is the only thing. This is the only information we have right now on this. And most people will be fine with it. Like I said before, you're always going to run into a few of those people, and that's fine. You're just going to run into those. Just move on and deal with it. That's kind of like my little encouragement for you for, uh, well, this week going going forward. So, that is the end of Morning Marketing. Hope you enjoyed it. And as always, I'm your host, Brett Deister. And please uh, subscribe to Digital Coffee on uh, iTunes, Google Play Music, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, Acast, several other ones. I did sign up for Spotify, so hopefully I'll get a confirmation on that as well. And Anchor Radio as well. I'm also on that. I'm trying to figure out a better way of doing that, but we'll see. Also, um, be sure to follow Digital Coffee on Facebook, uh, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube as well. Uh, and if you like this podcast so much, please consider supporting me on Patreon. Or you can just buy some some t-shirt, coffee mug, Digital Coffee podcast store. I've got some great stuff for everybody, even you politically incorrect people, because I do like to make fun of what goes on in culture every once in a while. But as always, thank you and join me on Sunday when I go through tech news and digital coffee. All right, guys, have a good rest of your week and see you Sunday. Later.